Hello. Hey, Merlin. Hi, hi, Dan. I'm still getting situated here. Oof. Get it, get it all set up. Get set we up. All these, uh, we got, we got odds and we got sods, and I'm trying to get organized. You know, take your time. That's. I don't days, want you to man, feel rushed. I don't. No, I don't no. want you to feel any pressure coming from this mm. end of the of the line. Oh my God! Thank you. I don't feel anything anymore. <laughs> just, mm. you're just like a ghost nope. floating through the days, wondering when it will end. I, I yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, yeah, that's me. Just alive, I, uh, alive until your daughter is fully able to stand on her own two feet and then you can just fade away yeah, and, into, point, the, life, into the some, recliner yeah. in the corner. Well, I don't know if I'll be able to afford that, <laughs> but, but, uh, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, really at a certain point, life just starts happening to you. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're just there for it. You just try to be present. <laughs> well, I, I just, you know, that started a while back and, uh, and, and at least uh, some of the time I would realize what was happening, but now I just, uh, I find something has happened. Like I go, Oh, 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 I guess I fell asleep. Or, or <laughs> right. oh, I guess I need to move my bowels. I'm going to go, right. go back to sleep. Oh, oh, right. I'm on a pier fishing now. Oh, that's me. I'm the one. I do that. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Life's what, life's what happens when you're busy falling asleep on the couch. That's right. That is oh, so true. Yeah. It's really so so true. Very strongly. Okay. What am I doing here? I'm going to this. I think I forgot to name this spreadsheet. I'm clicking. Uh, good morning, Dan. Good morning. It's good Tuesday, morning. October 29th is the optimistic day. Uh, mm, mm, mm. We got a lot of odds and slots. I thought I wanted to talk about task management, but I think we got a lot of other stuff. We, we may have a lot of hard hardware related things. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you most excited about right now? Um, you know, hardware wise, you mean? Uh, <laughs> oh no. Well, here's what I have. Here's what I have. I okay. Have, um, I have uh, FU on my UPS setup and yes. my new modem that you uh, you talked me into. You have something about a cable modem, yes. And also, we we received some feedback from a listener who is recommending that you use a Synology to back up your Synology, and we could talk about that too if you want. I've looked, in, I have looked into it. Uh, <laughs> that, that would be fantastic. I'll put that on the list. Uh, Synology's all the way down. Synologies. Um, and I've got, uh, you, uh, you have a new, something about a cable modem. Yes. Uh, some follow-up, uh, for what we were talking about with it last week. I have some okay. question questions. I have a dilemma and I have questions for the audience. Okay. This is in band meta talk. So we're not, we're not to the point of talking about it. We're talking about talking about it. Yes. We also have a potential new Dan's concern. Yes. Or, uh, possibly a Dan's dilemma. Yes. And Dan may have uh, a, a turns out surprising keyboard reco. Yes. That's what, I do. That's what I've got. Then I've got probably 20 lines on task management that I think can wait for another week. <clears throat> it's very early. Also, I saw mm. you tweeted about your mm. daughter and having a birthday. Is her birthday like the same day as mine? And I've never yeah, I, known that. I figured it out this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's confusing. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's that. You guys are different ages. But the the day and the year you were born, uh, it's the same thing. I think. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Um. So happy birthday. Thanks. You too. I mean, her too. Mm. Okay. I'll pass that along. Um. My wife has the same birthday as Matt Howie, so it's inexcusable to me. I just had dinner with Matt Howie on Friday. He's a good man and thorough. Tall. And, uh, he keeps getting sure... taller. Most most people get shorter as they age. He's getting taller. I hope it stops at some point. I just think doesn't. that would become unmanageable. I think he just bought a new house. That's going to be complicated if he has to retrofit it for his gigantism. 
He told me all about the house and he, 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 he yes, yes, he oh, saw man. some pictures. Beautiful Did he show house. you the pictures? Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful house. Oh, it's amazing. And he had he went and hired some kind of fancy yeah. outfit to to put yeah. Wi-Fi all of it. So he's got like line of sight gigabit Wi-Fi pointing at everything. It's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the kind of thing your wife wouldn't allow, right? Oh no, God, like, no, 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 yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't want that. Yeah, I, I, I said he, he seems like an ex machina now. It looks like an ex machina house. He just needs some more foliage. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, and a dancing robot. <laughs> That's a good movie. Uh, I like that actor a lot. You know, he's good in that movie Drive. That's a good movie. You ever seen that movie Drive? Oh yeah, yeah, I did. That's the one where he's. You know, we talked about that, didn't we? Where he's just by me? himself the whole time, just <laughs> me, no, no, me and the other guy um, in the corner. <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, I think you're thinking of uh, uh, of uh, the one with Bane where he's in his car. Yeah, that's is that not Drive? I think it's called Car. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tom <One> man. <laughs> Hardy filmography. Hold on, I gotta find out the name of this one. Drive now. is the one with the other Ryan, the Ryan from the Notebook. Uh, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. That Ryan is in it, and he has a cool jacket, and it's very 80s. A real human being. It's got that cute girl from the uh, Doctor Who episode. Uh, Carrie Mulligan is in it, and Oscar Isaac is in it. And I felt like Tom Hardy had been active longer than this. His first movie was Black Hawk Down in 2001. That's crazy. I thought he was like an like a 90s actor, but he's he's all Tom new. Hardy blindness. First of all, he's one of my favorite <laughs> actors, and he's he's so good. He has just this one scene. Dunkirk uh, is such. I had to capture that. Hold on. Okay, right. Get that down yeah. on your on your new keyboard. Uh-huh. Um, but he, like, for example, like, I really, I, I like, I've seen Dunkirk three times now, and I think I like it more each time. I appreciate it more. I think that's something that's so easy to miss, and I'm going to come back to, to Tom Hardy in a second. Something that's e- kind of easy to miss in Dunkirk. I've quizzed a couple people about this, and I think uh, a couple people at least didn't realize this the way I didn't fully realize it. There's three different stories in Dunkirk, and they happen in three different time frames. Did you know that? Um, did, you see, did you see Dunkirk? Yeah, I've seen it a couple times. It's like, so, but you, you could blink and miss it. Because when they first say, okay, here is, you know, Dunkirk. And I think the Dunkirk on the beach part takes place over like a, a week. The Dunkirk guys in a boat part takes place, I think, over a day. Mm-hmm. And the Tom Hardy part takes part takes place over like an hour. Something like right that. with him flying around in the plane. That's all taking place. Like that's not taking place over that? many days. I, I think I was aware of it in an when unconscious you're super, when way. You're super aware of it. You watch the movie differently. I think I'm gonna have to watch it again. It's good. You can get it in UHD. It's very pretty. Um, but there's this one scene with him at the end of that movie. I've seen it three times, and it always makes me cry. And he just he just nails this one very simple scene. Like so well, he's such a good. And you know, with Tom Hardy blindness, I always forget he's. How do I forget that he's in Inception? He's really good in Inception, and I always forget it. Well, he's in so many things. I put the movie that I was thinking of, which is unfortunately not called Car. It's Mm. called Lock L O C K E, which is back. Where you lock a car? Yes, as in John Locke. As in John Locke. Okay. Okay. Also, he Hmm. was in a film called The Drop. Have you seen that one? The drop? No, the, no. The drop no, with no. Uh, with our friend, uh, the late James Gandolfini. 
Oh, it, I love that guy. I heard he's really nice. If you haven't seen the drop, boy. it's great. I highly recommend okay. it. Putting it into the show notes. I hope you watch it tonight. Whoa, we okay. have to follow up. I did watch uh, The Watchmen, so we have you to talk watch, about- Who watches The Watchmen? Who watches? Do. I do. I do. And then, so look at these weird movies that he's been in. He was in Black Hawk Down. He was in Star Trek Nemesis as the uh, main antagonist. I've never, I've never heard of that movie. No. What is it called? And <laughs> Forget. Let's move Star on. Star Trek Nemesis? Yes. Keep keep moving. Uh, what, <laughs> which what? is what the audience did at the time, too. Okay. We uh, kept oh, moving. Oh, he's in Sucker. He's in Sucker Punch. Is that the, is that the Adam Sandler movie? No. Tom Hardy's in that. Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. Bronson is the one I'm thinking of. He's in Bronson. Bronson's hard to watch for me. Ooh, I, I, that's a rough movie. Yeah. Uh, he Bronson? was in Tink, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Great movie if you've got a lot is of that, time. Is that with uh, Sirius Black? He's yes. Sirius right? Black uh, is yes. in that. Oh. Of course he's Bane in Dark Knight Rises. Of course. I was trying to cover up his pretty face. Um, it would be very game. painful for you. <laughs> I just he just watched it yesterday. Finger. You don't want a little finger. I know. Yeah, I know. He's like, yeah. uh, that's that's really confusing because he's not the little one. On no, no. It's just called medium finger, like regular, regular size Rudy. <laughs> huh. Okay. Uh, the Revenant. Oh, I heard that was very difficult to make. I remember. Yes, he. Tom Hardy blindness. He was in the Revenant. He was in the Bear movie. I don't know if you heard, but that movie was very difficult to make. Yeah, it was cold. You know who's in everything is Domhnall Gleeson. Domhnall, Domhnall Gleeson. He's in, he's in ja- Jackie's, Jackie's son? Jackie. <laughs> to the moon. Uh, Domhnall Gleeson, who is the son of Brendan Gleeson. Uh, okay, so, so Mad-Eye Moody is, is the father, and uh, Bill Weasley is the son. Bill Weasley is Domhnall Gleeson. He's in Ex Machina. He's in the Star War. He's in, uh, he's that one guy that's in all the things now. D O M H N A L L G L E E S O N. Did you see? Did you see Taboo? You know who Domhnall the, Gleeson is? Yeah, the, he's Jackie <laughs> Gleeson's. <laughs> his, his, his father's full name is Jonathan Gleeson. Yeah. It's just Jackie for short. Yeah. Even that's not really that short. He's right. in The Last Jedi, Peter Rabbit. He was in The Revenant, which I heard was very Did you know that the uh, Bon Bon Bons guy, um, w- the uh, the yeah. the diet, what's the name yeah. of the guy? Butterfield <laughs> Diet. The, Butterf- the Butterfield yeah. Diet, which by the way, my yes. son makes me play that video at least two or three times a week. I should know the whole his name better. The great. The one with the, where they have the restaurant. And the great. videotapes. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, he, he is like a very prolific actor. And yeah. he hot, was hot in- Hot Fuzz. He's in Hot Fuzz. Guardians of the Galaxy. He was in that. He's in Guardians. He's in Guardians. Uh, he's in. Uh, he's uh, he's he's real good in, in a fairly small role in Hot Fuzz. He's um, uh, the roommate in Hot Fuzz. He, well, and he's handsome as heck. Well, back to uh, to Tom Hardy. Taboo. Wait, what's his famous voice? He does a famous voice. It Was would he, be quite um, painful for you. No, no, he's not Littlefinger. He's he's he's. Um, I want to say Darth Maul. What's his name? Peter. Was he, he wasn't Darth Maul. Sarah Finowitz. P- it sounds sounds like this Seminoles chant. Peter Sarah Finowitz. <laughs> okay, he's also in the Tick, obviously. Yeah, main guy. He's a he, John Wick too. Huh? Huh? I'll be hornswoggled. Spy. Oh my God, Spy is such a good movie. Did I say Hot Fuzz? I'm sorry. I should have said Shaun of the Dead. I misspoke. He's in Shaun of the Dead. Rick and Morty. Something called Axe Cop. 
Oh, right. Right, right. He's also English Andy in um, Parks and Rec. Oh, my God. He's so good. Anyways, what were you going to say? I was going to say, you need to watch Taboo, Tom Hardy's, uh, which he co-created. Tom Hardy was in that? And was the executive producer and the star of it, Taboo. Oh, Very okay. w- cool, weird period piece. And of course, if you, if, if you haven't seen Peaky Blinders, <laughs> have you seen the Peaky Blinders? <laughs> I, have, I have not. Um, he's in, he's in that and he's great uh, in that. I've heard that's a good show. I, that's, got, uh, that's got the, the speak, speaking of Christopher Nolan. Doesn't it have the guy with the pretty eyelashes yeah, from Scarecrow. Batman in it? Scarecrow. Scarecrow's in it. Scarecrow's yeah. in it 28 Days Later, which, which, is, not, which is not a sequel to 28 Days. Um, on Bob's <laughs> Burgers, I don't remember this episode, but he plays a character named Scott John Dan Steve. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's not real, <laughs> That's is it? Um, let's see. He's been in lots. Of, he's, so, he's so handsome. God, he was on Gravity Falls. I want to say that he was in the Star Wars. I think he was... He's got to be in a Star Wars. What was he? Well, he did a voice for something really famous. Was it Darth Maul? Oh, he of course he was on Spaced. That's a good show. Little Little Britain Hardware. Oh, this is gonna drive me crazy. Somebody, somebody, um, somebody, uh, tweet at me if you're listening live. What's what's what voice thing is Peter Serafin what's famous for that might be Star Wars? Yeah, you know, Fleabag. Fleaboy. Fleabag was a robot in one of the Star Wars. Oh yeah. Did you? Yeah. Did you watch that? Mm-mm, not yet. That's Ooh. on my on my list because uh, basically, be, yeah. yeah, because of how strongly you recommended it, it's definitely on the yeah it's, on the it's list. Real good. And, and so you watched uh, the first. Oh, look at that! Martin Starr got a haircut, huh? Um, I'm gonna close this tab because it's getting kind of distracting. Close mm-hmm. the Tom Hardy tab. Mm-hmm. Uh, you watched the first episode of uh, Watchmen. I did. I did. Mm-hmm. I you know I mm-hmm. went I went into it skeptical as we mm-hmm. discussed and yeah. um <clears throat> and. You know, oh, oh, I wouldn't oh, say that I loved look, it, ooh. but it it was it was different from it was different from I was what I was expecting it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I watched the second one last night. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's it's very interesting and challenging. Ooh, did you see the early reviews of the Apple TV Plus stuff? No. Uh, yes, I saw one for C, talking about C, and it was not favorable. Yeah. Uh, there seems to be some, um, at least, at least in, in these early reviews, there seems to be some patterns forming of the four shows that got reviewed. The best review seems to be uh, Battlestar Galactica Guy Space Show, but even people who like it say it's a little slow. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the reaction, the rea- see, you know, the reaction to, is it called The Morning Show? Yes. The reaction to that has been the most interesting to me. I have not seen many reviews. I haven't. I don't feel like I've seen any reviews that say it's flat out terrible. Mm-hmm. I have seen some that have a very kind of neutral, muted response. But but the people who say it's good, I, I feel like I've seen a couple of reviews where people say it's good, but it's not that much money good. And like it's just so interesting how we how that becomes a factor for us. How you kind of like find yourself pulling for something that had a tiny budget, but if you know. That was the budget, something like, like fifteen million per episode or something. Yeah, something ridiculous. Like, like it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. And then I guess C. It sounds like <laughs> the review I saw that says it's no Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah the ours, te- ours Technica had a review of it. Um, hmm. Hold on. 
I'm, I'm going to see if I can them, find I want it. them to succeed, but I want them to succeed by having done very well and trying hard, not by coasting, you know? Theirs is, uh, the title of their article is C on, C is the name, for the people who don't know, C is mm-hmm. the name of this show. C on Apple TV Plus, less Game of S- Thrones. S-E-E. Yes. Less Game of Thrones, more unintentionally funny sci-fi. S-Y-F-Y. Oh, as in Canadian Network? Uh, yeah, they're, they're saying it's, it's kind of, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling for it right now. They said, uh, C is no Game of Thrones. It's closer in nature to the campy fantasy of the 1980s or a sci-fi Saturday night movie like Zombie Tidal Wave, albeit with a much larger budget. Oof. Yeah. Who, <clears throat> who said, it can't have, it can't have been John Syracuse because he's not that good at stuff like this. He's a man who tells jokes in bullets. Um, there was a phrase I first heard on hypercritical, I think, and I, <laughs> I think it was from the long anticipated what ails Microsoft episode, maybe, mm, okay. but there's a phrase I first, I feel like I first heard Syracuse use, which was something like, uh, success is a great deodorant. Was that it? it might be Ed Catmull, but do you remember, you know, you know what I'm saying? The, yeah. like, the one thing when people point to. You know, when we say what else Microsoft, how did they get to where they became the Microsoft of a few years ago, which was pretty, pretty sad to look at in some ways after having been the, the predominant business software company for yeah the PC age, um, was that, uh, maybe up until the antitrust thing, like they'd never had their ass handed to them. They had, they had had such a successful run but and you know, so I, I forgive me if I'm if I'm saying something that's not incredi- totally factually true. But uh-huh. my, my but my impression my impression is that Microsoft achieved great success with Windows and Office and other stuff, and they owned the desktop in so many ways. It was never the year of Linux on the desktop. It was always the year of Windows on the desktop, and it right. just happened over and over. And their success seemed guaranteed uh, that that they would continue to be the practically sole producer of business software for PCs for the longest time. And, and what, what some people say about this, and that strikes me as potentially being true, is that that success enabled or almost required them to innovate less. They had huge technical debt that mm-hmm. they just got away with because people had to keep rebuying Microsoft. It was right. very difficult for them to innovate either inside of the lines of business they uh, were great at but it also like discouraged being, it seemed to discourage being very adventurous in new lines of business. And the internet kind of walked by them <clears throat> in a lot of ways, especially mobile, right? Absolutely. Does that, that seem mostly fair? Absolutely fair. 100%. And, like, I, bet, I bet Ben Thompson has 10,000 words on this somewhere, but like one worries that- What doesn't he have 10,000 words on? So, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Ooh, geez. Oh, uh, I, I didn't say the whole word, so I don't think is that a yellow. Give me a yellow card. I'll take a yellow card. He's so gosh dang smart, um, Ben Thompson. But no, one wonders if there's a potential for uh, as as Windows is to Microsoft, could the iPhone be to Apple? Oh, where, where they. I mean, they've had been been so. It is. It is said by some people that the iPhone is probably pretty easily the most successful. Computer prod, um, product of all time. Oh yeah, and maybe may uh, you know, arguably one of the most successful products of all time, and by by at least a handful of different metrics. Um, 
But now there's only so much growth you can have. There's all these different factors. There's China. There's all kinds of stuff. China, there's China, there's China, there's more China. But there's just all these different things where they Apple feels like they're a little flat-footed right now. Mm-hmm. The quality of the software does not seem great. I mean, I love the camera on my new iPhone so much, but it's also a really crashy. I mean, I, I come here not to not to <laughs> not to bitch about Apple, but I why am I saying this? Uh, I want Apple TV Plus to be great. I want everything Apple makes to be great. But there's this really dark and shameful side of me that wants wants them to publicly fail at something because I. I, I don't really want that, but but there's this part of me that says, what is it going to take for them to care a lot? We talked a couple right. Weeks in, ago, a, like, in other in other words, it, 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 if everything that they do is a success, then they're going to get kind of complacent. Is that like what you're saying? I think I'm saying something worse than that. I'm saying that almost everything they do right now may be earning a lot of money, which is what a public company does, and that and good for them. They have all this cash. Everybody likes to talk about all this cash. I, what did I, what did I just learn? Oh, oh yeah. I was urinating yesterday and I was thinking, <laughs> wow, it just occurred to me that Seinfeld went off the air 21 years ago. Wow. For anyone who is just a, a, a young person who is now old enough to drink has never been alive that uh, Seinfeld was putting out new episodes. And I don't know. I just I was like, wow, that's, that's one of those like, wait, did I miss a decade there? Has it really been 21 years? Like that's, you know, that, that that's a long time. Um, I think a lot of people who are of the post-Seinfeld era, uh, I can just say from my own kid and from talking to my uh, friends about their kids, uh, they regard technology so differently than I do. You know, they've had had iPhones around since they were in elementary school. They certainly had iPods around. They may have owned their own iPod while they were in elementary school. My kid kid, uh, had had an iPod Touch in uh, elementary school. She now has... Uh, and I, my old iPhone in middle school, um, technology is very different from the days where, you know, you and your siblings would, would share a PC for homework, a desktop PC. Yeah. It's a real different environment. I don't, I, it's, it's so clear that at least for now, mobile is where everything is happening. You look at these huge monopolies of, uh, I learned this from Silicon Valley, very funny Silicon Valley episode. Um, you know, there's a, there's, there's a monopoly in mobile, uh, social stuff with uh, Facebook. You know, there's a monopoly, 92%, at least according to Richard, um, 92, 97% uh, monopoly in search with Google. <laughs> I'm getting my facts from an HBO show. And what did he say? He said AWS uh, has more market than its four nearest competitors combined. Wow. Well, what, a cra- what a crazy world that is. And it's just that. Well, it's a crazy, trying... it's crazy because there are so many other alternatives and so many other companies. It's not like back in the ancient times when the yeah. only way to like order stuff was with the Sears catalog. And so oh, you'd right. say, oh, that's true. That's you true. know, so, so you'd look at it and you'd say, well, if, if everyone's, everyone's ordering from <clears throat> Sears, but that's because that's the only thing that existed was Sears. Because the network effect matters. Right. So if you, if you want to, um, if, I mean, if I, if I were to say to you, okay, you're out looking for a job and you want to make sure your resume is somewhere online, you're not going to go to USA-resumes.biz. You're going to go to LinkedIn. Right. Probably. Yeah. I mean, because of the network effect. What do we mean by that? Well, you know, the more people use something, the more other people will use that thing. And the more sort of implicit lock-in you get. And then you get into a situation like Microsoft Office 
where, uh, to, but think about this. I mean, Microsoft Office at this point to me has the prestige of a fax machine insofar as you only use it with attorneys and lawyers. Like nobody, nobody looks forward. I used to say nobody's ever looked happy using a BlackBerry. They always look like they're draining a wound, when but they've got to have the BlackBerry because that's, that's the phone for that. Right. You know, you get this kind of um, something, if not a monopoly, it's, it'll do for now. So what I'm saying with Apple is, and I, I, I'm going to just say this eventually, because uh, I feel like a real jerk saying this, but like, what are they doing extremely well right now? Like, really, what are they, of the stuff, you know, so like your iPhone's pretty tight, man. Like it, the, the iPhone hardware is great. The iPhone software is still real weird. And I'll, I'll tell you the canary in the coal mine for me is the thing that I spend most of my day on, which is political Twitter. And in political Twitter, there's very little discussion of computers or, you know, stuff. There's more talk about movies. You don't see that much like bitching about hardware and software like you do amongst our friends. So when I see somebody like Dave Weigel or MJ Lee, or I see some normie necktie person going like, oh my God, my e-key is broken again. Or going like, what, why, why did you move John Dickerson and people saying, why did you move the buttons in the mail app? Like, I really used this app and now it's very confusing to me. You see the president of the United States have a complaint about the affordance. <laughs> now, that was a little silly, although I do agree with him. I missed the button, too. Um, I, I don't like the swipe as much. I like the button. But you see where I'm going with this? Like, when you see that, okay, you know, Apple, you won. Like, everybody pretty much, <laughs> a lot of people use the iPhone and, and really like it. A lot of people use MacBook of various kinds and like it. Um, like it fine or have liked it fine, but like, what are they, what are they really killing it at right now? So much of the stuff from June that they announced that was so ambitious has been pushed out. You're not going to be leaving Dropbox anytime soon, unless you have really serious uh, ethical qualms. Um, I was, I was excited to say, I don't, I can use iCloud storage for everything now. Well, yeah. And share and to share folders and stuff like that. I know these are hard problems to solve, but that's why you guys get the big bucks. I guess what I'm saying, I I don't want Apple to fail. I don't even want Apple to fail a little bit, but there's something that is basically opaque and arrogant about Apple that it becomes difficult to, it becomes difficult to avoid wondering if that's part of the problem Mm -hmm. is that, is that we're all, we all feel like, you know, and some, sometimes the emperor has new clothes and, and they don't want to even acknowledge whether the emperor is here. And you're like, well, okay. But like, they're seriously guys, like you need to really, you need to be more transparent about like what you're doing to make something great. I don't want them to get into that hole like they do with Apple TV, where they, what the, the guys on the watch said, you know, basically right now, Apple, the Apple entertainment stuff, they're really mostly the best. The thing they're best at releasing is press releases. And, you know, I don't want them to fail at that, but I want them to need to be better at something, right? And I want them to acknowledge that need in a way that is more than just, you know, hand-wringing in a private meeting. I want them to be really good again. (laughs) I want them to be as good. I feel like Apple in, I don't know, whenever, let's say the 5S came out, whenever it was that the MacBooks were all pretty good, they'd have that kind of a, you know, they had that first MacBook Air, circa when was the first macbook air that you could like fry an egg on oh i remember the time period i don't remember the year we all we all i mean this this i'm sorry it's, I, had to, I had to charge my apple series Two, take it off and charge it here i i, I uh because you know the first or second cut of any piece of innovative hardware like you you, you know 
you pay the Apple tax, you pay the dingling tax, and you yeah. get, you get something that's not going to be nearly as good as the third or fifth version of something. But for the longest time, the second, third, fourth, fifth version of something from Apple was like, wow. Like if you would, the first time you had that big ass Apple TV, would you have imagined that the Apple TV that, you, that we're using now is this, hmm, okay, like fine. Like not that much better than a Roku, let's be honest. Not that much better than the software built into your TV. And it's pretty costly. Uh, you know, would you have guessed that there's this many people who rely on a Mac to make a living they're like, God, please, when am I going to get a good Mac Pro? Well, it's coming. Uh, you know, it'll be coming. It's coming. It's coming. Coming. Coming on. And now we're getting closer to it coming, which is great. <laughs> That's what she said. And but, <laughs> I, but I, ho- I hope I hope it is. My little um, my little elf at, uh, at Apple that I asked about it said, um, well, I think I think it would have been out by this year is what they said. Uh, like well, out by this time. Are they year. committed to end of the year? They, they seem to say no. I, I don't know. So um, I bought a new phone. So I'm pretty sure I get, I would, I would, have, I would buy Apple TV plus either way because mm-hmm. I'm a streamer and I stream. That's what I do. Um, but I, I want them to, I want them to have another hit and I, and I want them to hustle. And I, I feel like it's something, I've, this is a, like a dumb thing I've said to my kid that it's not meaningful, but it really pays to show hustle. And I don't mean as a side hustle, as in like get a second MLM program. I mean, as in what our coach used to say to us, which is even if it's the easiest out at first in the world, I want you to run out the base. I want you to run. You run as hard as you can to first base. And then you run off into the foul line. Run out first, title. Run out first every single time. When it's time to come in from the field, I want you to run from your terrible position that you're terrible at in the outfield. I want you to run back to the bench. Because that shows hustle. And um, and it says to you, and it says to the team, and it says to me, the coach, and it says to the other team, that you've got hustle. That you're out there, right. and you're, you're showing that you're working harder than you need to right now, even when it doesn't matter. Maybe especially when it doesn't matter. That leads to esprit de corps, to have hustle. It leads to, it leads to a feeling that I can still accomplish more all the time. So just to be clear, I'm not talking about a TED Talk douchebag idea of hustle. I'm talking about the idea of like, don't rest on your laurels about how good you've been in the past, company, team, whoever you are, run out first every time. And I don't think, I don't feel like Apple, I don't see them running out first base every time right now. Right. We have so many sods and odds. Why don't you, uh, would you share with our listeners something that you like? I would love to tell you about Zapier. Ha <laughs> ha, I've been zapping. There is so much that you can do with this. So there's a lot of people, people hear this and they think, oh, that's like a developer thing. I don't know what they, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm, here ah, to, ah. I'm here to tell you, no, no. Ah. Um, Zapier. Zapier. They understand that when you're, you're building a business or you're working at a place and you spend tons of time moving data from one place place to another okay it could be data from an email to a spreadsheet it could be if you're in sales it could be moving it from like a crm system to some other system if you're making youtube videos or podcasts it could be getting the you know sign up list from patreon and moving it to mailchimp these are just some examples of ways that that you're wasting your time basically it doesn't have to be like that zapier is here to make all of that stuff completely automated and automatic because the thing is you can automate stuff. If you do something, and this is something that when I'm writing software, when I'm writing code, there's an old adium where 
a simple example. If you do something more than two times, maybe make a a method Mm -hmm. to do it for you. Because if you've done it twice, you're probably going to need to do it a third and a fourth and a fifth. And all of a sudden you're like, man, I could have saved so much time by just making a method to now I've got to go back and refine all the places I did it. And, and, but no, Zapier is the same way. It is the easiest way to automate your work. It's going to connect all your business software and it'll handle the work for you so that you can focus on the things that matter the most, the things that you're good at, that hopefully the things that make you happy or make you money or both. And, and that's what they do. And they have so many integrations that will save you so much time. I mean, a lot of what they do is designed to just interconnect these different systems. So if you're looking at saying, oh, well, I can't, we we really wanted to use this one, but we couldn't because it can't export the data out to here. You know, Zapier probably has something that'll make it work. They've got so yeah. many integrations. Can I say something that you might need to cut out? Yeah. There's a service that's similar, that's related. Sim- there's a service out there that is similar to Zapier that I that I love and use that a lot of people will know that's a whole bunch of letters. And they're really good, but it's a very light kind of consumery, just consumery, fun, hobbyist thing. Zapier's serious like right i don't i hope i don't get in trouble for saying this but the thing about it is about zapier is you may walk if, if you're looking for a way to like turn on your lights by knocking on the door i don't you could probably do that with zapier because they have webhooks out the butt that you can do so much with the, the the thing that really strikes me about zapier is like um it's not just for business but it you can it is scaled for business oh, yeah. it is for like some enterprisey quality stuff that their stuff's not going to break they have really thought this thing out and they have wizard like things that will walk you through the creation of stuff that are just bananas and and yeah you can do stuff with plex with, with by right exactly. right because these the web these web hooks are i'm i talked about this years ago when i first got into a business crm web hooks are so powerful and they're a little tough to get at first but like once you understand what you can do with them you're suddenly you're like colossus like you can just grab two things and like smash them together in this entirely powerful new thing it's a really powerful service it is. It really is. I would encourage people to explore. I would encourage people to go to Zapier and scroll through and look at some of the services that are up there. Just the stuff you can do with uh, Google Sheets and Docs alone is just bananas to me. That's totally, worth it for that alone. Totally agree. And uh, and people can and should check this out. It's Zapier. It's spelled Z-A-P-I-E-R. It rhymes with happier because it will make you. Uh, so yeah. Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash back to work. Go there. And uh, through the end of the month, uh, you can try them for free. You'll get this awesome uh, 14-day trial. So go to Zapier.com and check out what we're talking about. If you ever have two systems of any kind that you want to play nicely together, uh, there's there's probably a Zapier integration already there, ready to go. So go check it out. And thanks very much to them for making this show possible. Zapier. Thanks, Zapier. Puck, puck. Yeah, I um I dipped a toe back into Zapier this week to do some um series shortcut stuff and some NFC stuff. Nice. And uh and I haven't I haven't done a ton yet, but I I got to the point, so here's the thing. Here's the pro- here's the problem with Zapier. Okay. Is I walked right up to I think it was a webhooks integration with Plex or something like that. And I just want to see how it worked. And I got up to the point and I looked at the page and I went, "Oh my god, this is going to be so fun. It's very important I not start this right now." Because if I do this, I'm going to be spending the rest of my week making integrations. And I had to walk away. It's that good. 
frustrating. Not enough time in the day. Oh, sing it, sister. Uh, mine, mine's pretty boring here, but I did. Um, I got my uh, my second UPS, which I did put in show notes. Boy, is it ever great! I hooked up the UPS, and that day, Dan, I bought me a new surfboard and hooked it up. That's right. It's pounding, pounding. I mean, it's nice. not that much faster. <laughs> it, it added twenty, so I was getting almost exactly three hundred down, and now I'm getting a, a pretty like a very solid like three twenty. Uh-uh. Um, but it's. But but I think owing to the Doxis 3.1, mm-hmm. whatever whatever it's doing that it's got better stuff in the guts, it feels this connection feels more sturdy to me in a way I can't quite put my finger on. But that was a good recommendation, that uh that that uh fancier surfboard. And oh, the UPS glad, is glad. great, man. Yeah. So did I put it in notes? Let me go look. I don't think you put the UPS that you got in notes. I didn't uh, I don't think I put the one that I just got in notes either. Wait, what? Oh, God, what did I do? Where did I add it? Oh, oh no. no. Who knows? Uh, oh, no, I'm horny on main. Let's see here. Da, 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 da. Okay, there it is. Okay, clicking. I'm clicking APC sign wave, UPS, 1500 VA, UPS battery backup and surge protector backups, pro uninterruptible power supply, BR 1500 MS. I'm clicking. Back to work next. Boy, this thing is a monster. This yeah. Thing, it's so big. It's so heavy. Uh, How big is it? It's so big. Are you ready for this? It's so big. (laughs) (sighs) I miss match game. Um, 10 total outlets, six battery backup. So I did the thing and I hooked it up to the Synology with the uh, included UPS thing. And uh, so so the marquee feature that I'm looking for here is, yes, you know, give me a good surge protector, but also give me potentially very strong battery backup. And this has a, a readout right on the front, like a okay. big boy. Yeah. It's not, it's really cool. <laughs> I like the ones the I've had in the past were basically like a glorified power strip. You know what I <clears> mean? Oh yeah, totally. I, and we have a couple of those. I think we were talking last week on my kids' yeah, sound machines. Kids, yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the one you're talking about now, that's, that's the kind of like, especially for computers and for work and that type of thing. And 200 bucks is not that much for what this thing will do. Now, here's the amazing part. I have not... So here's what I did. I set it up. I got everything set up. I cleaned up. Like I said, I cleaned up the cables. I got everything nice. And then I said, uh, okay, you know what? I'm just I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be brave and just see what happens. I popped the plug out of the outlet, and it went beep, 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 but everything kept running. And there I was you go. blown away. So what this does is, I guess it is somewhat smart about uh, keeping track of how much power is being used mm-hmm. to give you a an estimate of how long it could keep all that stuff running. That's right. Yeah. So this thing, it claims that I could get um, just under two hours, like one point. So 6,800. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm, you know, that and that and seven bucks will get you a cup of coffee. I don't know if that's true, but I did test it um, by unplugging everything kept running. It did go beep, 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 which is, which is supposed to do. But yeah, so far it's really amazing. So I put the other one, the less powerful one here under my desk, to do all my Mac things, and um, and that is also hooked up to uh, with, via USB. And as we talked about last time, this is kind of the, this is the really neat, powerful part is you can go in and whether that's a Synology or whether that whatever your main computer device on that attached to that UPS is, you can have it gracefully use less power and then actually go into safe mode or shut down. Safe mode is that the right word? Anyway, it'll go into a power reserve mode like you would, you know, with a laptop. And then you can even have it gracefully shut down uh, when there's uh, N minutes of uh, battery left. 
It's pretty wild. And I did yep. test that and it worked great. I even forgot to plug it back in. I used it long enough that I had time to forget that it wasn't plugged in my Mac. Um, but it's really, these are really uh, cool. And what was the last thing on this? Uh, yeah, I mean, for the dough, I feel like this is like really worth it, especially if you're somewhere where you don't have, you know, if you live in Florida and your power yeah. just goes out all oh the time. Oh my God, or... the power would go out in Florida. Like everybody that I knew that cared had a UPS there just because it was constant. Here, yeah. it, I don't want to jinx it, but here it's yeah, much, yeah, yeah. much better. I think we've lost power in the last nine years, like <clears throat> two, two or three times briefly. Um, my, only, my only note on this, uh, and this is not a huge problem, but it's, it, you can tell me if you think this is accurate. Mm. So uh, in the case of the Mac, uh, I caught it when it was at, it had gone down to something like, I don't know, 20, 60%. I think it shipped at 60%. It got down pretty low. It seems like it took a, even once it was back plugged in, it seemed like it took a very, to my mind, very long time for the battery to recharge. Interesting. So like, for example, because of course I have a spreadsheet. Um, when I did this with the big boy spread, uh, with the big boy uh, UPS, mm -hmm. I plugged it back in at, this is last week, I plugged it back in at 9.56 a.m. and it was at 75%. It didn't get to, uh, it got to 88% at 12 p.m. So it took like two hours to get uh, 11%. Mm. And then it was, didn't get to hundred percent until 2 PM. That could be the Synology having some lag or the yeah, Synology control right. having some lag. Could be. But, uh, yeah. But anyway, but I, two thumbs up. Like, this is a good thing. I'm really glad I got this. Very nice. Thank you for, uh, encouraging me in these things. Of course. Uh, we've got Dan's cable modem. Synology's all the oh, way yeah. down. Dan's concern and Dan's keyboard recommendation. Where do you <clears> want to go next? Well, the concern is the cable modem thing. <clears throat> oh, Excuse me. So I can, I can, uh, remind the listeners that, uh, last week we talked about the fact that I had the, the cable modem here at the studio decided to die. It decided to go out and, uh, and it was a hardware problem and the, um, the company decided that they would put a new one in. And the new one that they installed has been working fine. Knock on wood. I don't want to jinx anything, but I will say that I'm, uh, I, that I don't, I don't love it because it has two uh, components or components, as you components, say, as you say, and so this you, is, the, this is the modem and the Wi-Fi uh, strap on. That's right. I sent you a, a picture. I sent you some Ugh. materials. Uh, my, his, his dark materials were my sent to you be yep, before yep, yep, yep. the show. <laughs> You sent me your familiar. And, uh, and so you can, you can see that there's two things. The one on the left is what most people would identify as a cable modem. When you say a cable modem, it's a, it's a rectangular box that has some lights on the front and some ports on the back and it can lay on its side or stand upright. And then next to it is this ridiculous looking tower that's kind of wider at the top than it is at the bottom for no good reason and, uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just really stupid. And, um, and so apparently this separate thing, which I vaguely recall the guy, ref uh, cable guy referring to as a module, um, he said, that's the Wi-Fi module. He didn't mm -hmm. say it like that, but that's how I'm, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so apparently this thing, there's one ethernet port on the back of the cable modem, just one. And that ethernet port uses a regular cat five patch cable, nothing special about it, to go into this other tower module. The tower module supposedly 
provides the Wi-Fi technology and capabilities and mm-hmm. also provides an additional four ports uh, so that you can plug devices into that. Now, pause for a second. Mm-hmm. I have Wi-Fi here already, and I use the Eero, which is one of our sponsors, for the Wi-Fi here, and I'm very happy with that. Additionally, because this is what they call business class service, Wi-Fi is not included in our plan or in our package. In order to enable Wi-Fi, I would have to pay an extra probably $15 a month to use their Wi-Fi. There's no reason to do that. I have an Eero that I- Why'd they give you the module? Let me continue. So this module that provides Wi-Fi, when the guy was installing it, he had to make several additional phone calls to the center um, in order to get them to, quote, connect this thing without you having Wi-Fi on your account. And I said, well, I don't, I don't want it. I don't need it. I don't want the Wi-Fi. And he's like, right, but this goes with the other cable thing. <laughs> they install and I, that undercoating at the factory. <laughs> and I said, I, but I, yeah, I, I said, I don't want that though. And he's like, well, yeah, but this is how you get your extra ports. I said, I've got a gigabit ethernet switch right over there. I don't need this one. He's like, well, but this goes with it. I just need mm. to convince them to let me add it without turning on your Wi-Fi service. I said, you know what? At this point, I just wanted the internet back. I said, great. So he mm-hmm. did that. Now, uh, I verified in the settings of the cable modem that the Wi-Fi is turned off. It is turned off. I verified with them that I'm not being billed for it. I'm not being billed for it. I also have a gigabit Ethernet switch. So what I did is I took the gigabit Ethernet switch and I, I re- unplugged the tower and I plugged the gigabit Ethernet switch into the cable modem. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, at, at that, and then plug the devices that I had into the switch and nothing worked. Now what? I have, oh, yes. So this is exactly the kind of stuff we were talking about last week. I know. So now here's, here's something that I know a lot of the time, a cable modem will grab the Mac address of the device that's plugged into its ethernet port and it will not allow you to reset that right. until you power cycle the cable modem. And then at that point it will it will update it. But that, but the problem is I have a switch plugged into it. So I have many ethernet devices plugged into it, including the Eero, et cetera. And also that didn't seem to solve the problem. It really does seem like, like the cable modem has to work with this. And so here's what I want to ask our listeners. I know that we have some really good Nerds like me, but who are even nerdier than me yeah, about I'm this topic. Yeah, I'm of my friend Jason G in particular, who's moved on from working at a company that provides this service, but he, I bet, would know the answer to this. Well, hopefully he's listening or hopefully someone else is listening and can tweet to me or email me or whatever the answer to, to this. It, I have not, because I haven't really wanted to mess around with everything, I have not just tried plugging the Eero or, or rather my switch into this and power cycling it and seeing what it could. The main point is, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't want to have this tower sitting there. It takes, it takes up, um, energy. It's plugged into the power strip and I'm not using any of the features or capabilities that it provides. I don't think you need to even say that. I think it's conceptually super annoying that you have to have, unless there's some technical reason it would be difficult to understand, but unless you, (laughs) No, you shouldn't have to even have this. I would like an explanation for this. 
That's, May that's I speak to your manager. That's right. And so the one guy on Twitter, um, a lot of people were trying to help me on Twitter with this. And one of the one of the guys said, "Well, you know what? You just might have to just leave it and forget about it." And I said, "That would be like running into a deer and killing it on your way home and just leaving that's it at the base ra- of your driveway." Like I'm that's no. not rational. No, that's like you know. At least I would like to buy your rock. Like that's 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 just not, it's magical thinking. Right. Yeah. No, that's insane. So I'm not doing that. Um. This is almost certainly not going to be helpful, but I'll toss it out. Okay. Uh, something I used to run into, I use Comcast, the company uh, X- Xfinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and something I used to run into when I would have a problem, um, I remember getting this piece of advice from a Comcast uh, CSR and scoffing, but it turned out to actually be really useful. Um, where something would happen, blah, 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 blah. I'd cycle the modem, 192.168.100.1. I'd cycle the modem, I'd do the things, I'd do the resetting. And the resetting, like, I don't know, like I said last week, like back in the day, you wait half an hour and dimes to donuts, there's a 99% chance everything will be up and running. It's reprovisioned it on its own. It's done all the, all the mojo. Everything mm-hmm. is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, now, on occasion, at the time, at, I believe at the time, I was going copper to... Copper to surfboard to airport. And it didn't, I kept getting, I feel like I kept getting the little like no internet. Here's the earth with no internet in the airport, the <laughs> wonderful airport app that's such a joy to use. Yeah. And it wasn't working. Long story short, and there's no reason to belabor this. Uh, the way I got around this was connecting um, Ethernet directly from the cable box to my laptop, mm-hmm. getting getting it, it would then provide an IP address and the right. DHCP from that, right. and then plug it back into the airport, and it would work. And I don't know why, right? Because but basically, something got confused. And if you did the, if you did the whole rain dance and the reset and the whole, I would at least once try that, take everything all the way down, try that, see if it works with a one Mac, one Ethernet cable. Have you tried that? Uh, no, not yet because I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to check first because I'm a, I'm, I'm super like, like I, I, I just, would just see if it can work before you pursue the gigabit ethernet splitting thing. Like I would just, sh- just like, try the one sanity, yeah. see if yeah. it can work. Oh, you're right. I need to do it. I've like got to do it. I've got to do it. Um, cause then if you can get cable, if you can get internet, with the ether, I'm, I'm I'm not as smart as you about this stuff, so I have to walk through this. If you if you are able to get onto the internet with a Mac connected directly to the box, right? Like we know the box works. Yeah. So then the question becomes: What then? I would try one Ethernet cable into the Eero. Right. Right. Maybe maybe I wouldn't cycle it again. I would at least try it that way once. Anyway, you see where I'm going with this. I do. Yeah. But. That's weird. It almost seen you know, like my like dumb why magical- why why give us that thing? Why why put it there at all? It's dumb. I don't I don't you know and and there's some other people said oh you need to switch it to bridge mode and other I don't I don't and that and I, I you know, anyway mm-hmm. I don't just, I'm 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 disappointed that uh, that that they require this you know mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't I mean, make sense part, and, knowing knowing it's a big company there's the part of you part of one that goes well there's Maybe there's a business logic reason that they do this. Is it a, how is it possible you can't physically get Wi-Fi unless there's been some deliberate, you know, unless they donked it up on purpose, but, and you try to, you know, one tries to have a, uh, a good, have good faith and, uh, 
not think bad thoughts about companies, but boy, they, they could screw up a wet dream, you know, let alone <laughs> and know them. Yeah, they, they, that is so true. Uh, Dan, people should, uh, should respond to you. Serious answers only. Uh, you can tweet at Dan. Dan, where, where would people find, uh, if I could ask, where would people find show notes for episode 449 of your Back to Work program? 449. Nine it's going to be... Times, uh, Bueller, Primrose <laughs> Path. <laughs> 5x5.tv slash B as in brothers, 2 is in the number, W as in walrus slash 4... Didn't you say 449? 449. 449. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. where they'll go. Yep, 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 yep. And I'll, I'll put a picture... Of of this thing that I, I'll put the same one I sent to you uh, into the show notes so that people Perfect. can uh, can can look at it and know exactly what I'm talking about uh, because I, I and you know it might it might just be as simple as doing what you're saying which I, I I just I think is probably what I will have to do either way like you were saying for peace of mind which is just to you know swap swap it out direct connect into it power cycle the cable modem see if it works if it does. Plug in the switch and, and 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 try again. So we'll see. I got smart. All right. With your bad knee, Ed, you shouldn't be throwing I'm anybody. Throwing anybody. <laughs> tell me about a second thing, uh, if you would. Uh, oh yeah. Thing like yes. I would love to tell you about uh, Ring Central. Ring Central. Ring ring ring. This is the number one global cloud phone system. With Ring Central, you're going to get your you get your business phone, you get your video conferencing, you get your team messaging anytime. And anywhere, and it all works through your personal phone or any other mobile device. And setup just takes a few seconds. And the benefit to this, because you're, you're hearing me, you're saying these sound like neat things. I I, I can hear what you're saying. You're saying these sound cool, uh, but but explain to me why this is so amazing. I'll tell you. If you have a business, whether it's a big one or a small one, you know, a lot of the time I see people giving out nowadays, especially they're you know they give out their their own personal cell phone when they meet someone. They're like, well, that's my personal cell phone. But that's not ideal. You don't want strangers. You don't want to go to a conference where you get a hand out a business card to a thousand people and now they all have your personal cell phone number. And also, to be honest, that's not the most professional thing that you want to do either. Well, Ring Central takes care of that problem because they give you what is essentially a virtual PBX, a virtual phone system. But it's much more than just that. It's much more than just that. You can essentially run your whole company off your phone because you're going to get the professional PBX system. You're going to get voicemail. And there's voicemail with extensions for all the different employees that you you have, no matter how many you have. You're going to get business SMS and MMS. Again, you're not going to have to give out your personal phone number, but you can still get texts and calls on your personal phone. And there's contact integration. So you don't have to worry about transferring phone contacts. It automatically populates this. There's built-in video conferencing. They've got team messaging. They've got, um, uh, I mean integration look at this they've got integration with gmail hmm. with zapier we just mentioned uh with salesforce with microsoft outlook it's all there many christmas and it starts as low as 1999 you're going to save money you're going to cut phone costs by at least 30 percent. and if you sign up today you'll get access instant access to ring central's award-winning powerful phone system again it has phone it has fax it has video conferencing more and the url to go to is ring r-a-n-g ring com slash back to work one more time, ringcentral.com slash back to work. If you do that, you won't pay anything until 2020. Can't beat that. Whoa. Go check them out. Thanks to Ring Central for making this show possible. Thanks, Ring Central. Buck, buck. We, uh, boy, we've dispatched with a lot of uh, topics. We got Tom Hardy, we got uh, UPSs, we covered a lot. Um, at this point, we have Synology's all the way down and Dan's keyboard recommendation. I want to hear your Synology thing. What? Synology's oh. all the way down. 
Oh, I thought you were going to talk about, oh, how to back up a Synology with a Synology. Okay, so Synology updates. Uh, not too much. Um, things are going great. Uh, I, um, I'm i starting to spread my wings just a little bit more with the Synology. <laughs> I'm trying to, um, it's somewhat odd, but I'm trying to make myself use the software every day a little bit to like, you know, you know me, like I forget my sequel if I don't use it for 48 hours. Right. <laughs> of course, now in this state, in this economy, but it's been years since I used my sequel. Of course, I don't remember anything about insert table drops. No, no idea. So I'm trying to make myself use it every day to have it get in my bones a little bit more and to kind of just try some new things. My latest experiment that's kind of fun is uh, using, uh, I don't want to look it up right now, but it's, I think it's called cloud server. I forget what it's called, but uh, it's pretty cool because you basically, you can run a piece. So there's, it, you can already do time machine backups, which I'm doing. So, you know, I, I use something, uh, this ancient piece of software called time machine editor, I think. To okay. use, I, I don't have it backup all day. I have it uh, do it, um, which I, can, I know that defeats the purpose a little bit, but I don't have it start running until after usually noon because I just don't want it chunking away when I'm doing podcasts. I'm a morning podcaster. I podcast. Um, and so that's great. There's a time machine. The thing I've recently started doing is, um, for for long story short, I do an offsite rotation uh, for the very large movies in my life. So like every three days to a week, I have two identical, I think, eight terabyte drives that I take home with me. I don't want to use all my bandwidth for a UHD movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or a, like a good Blu-ray, a, a really solid Blu-ray Rip is, you know, what, 30 gigs, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. A, uh, a An actual UHD 4K movie, that that can that can get over 100 gigs. And I don't want to be streaming that. I, I'm, I'm burning bandwidth in two places when I do that. And I won't get the same quality. The quality that you get from a locally sourced, like when you plug a USB into your TV, the quality of what you're looking at goes through the roof. It's crazy. It's like the difference between 480 and 1080 is the difference of like 1080 local versus stream. Because right. Plex tries really hard, but I'm only getting 10, 10 megs up on the location where I've got Plex. Sorry, you know, right to right to Comcast. Um, and so, but I've been starting to doing this offsite this rotation thing, right? And so I thought to myself, hey, I know this is crazy. I should at least see how hard it would be to uh, back up one of these periodically. Because I don't put over large movies in my pl- in any of my plexes. I don't put like I'm not going to put, you know, a 100 gig movie on. You know, I'm not going to stream something like that. It's only on the hard drives. I don't know if this is making any sense. Where does Synology come into this? Well, I've installed this. I don't have it running right now because I'm a gentleman. I have this uh, the cloud um, server app. This very light app that you run on your Mac on your sort of client. And so then on your Synology, and you can use that to say like, what are the things on my Mac that I want to have automatically backed up to the Synology? A very easy, simple, you know, um, approach with, uh, you know, why you would want a Synology. And it's worked great. It's worked great. And so it's just, uh, it's doing the initial backup still, which is pretty darn big, even over the fast, you know, internal uh, internet. But there's uh-huh. just, there's like, it, it seems like they've got an app for just about everything that you would would want to do all the way down to having stuff like, like I say, there's like a Dropbox replacement. There's an office replacement. They have photos stuff. Um, it's, I, I, I don't, I, they should sponsor this show, the Jackals, but uh, I'm really happy with the Synology. I'm very satisfied with the setup and it's not the terrible waste of money I had feared. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So that, that's where I am with that. Um, what else is exciting about that? Not too 
much. Oh yeah, and, and so and I also mentioned last week using I think a similar but not the same service on Synology. You can plug a USB drive in if you want to do. I'm just doing a local backup there. Mm-hmm. Synology has a cloud backup service to back up your Synology. But there's about a million ways. It's not very attractive to me. Uh, the two biggest ones being, wow, that's a lot of data to be pushing up. Um, in addition, alongside my Backblaze, like, hmm, I'm not so sure about that. Maybe someday. But it's also kind of a little bit costly. Mm. And I know it's, it's, it doesn't pay to economize too much on backup, but I'm looking mostly at, you know, local things. And, and again, it's mostly uh, media and backups. So, I mean, yes, it's a good idea to have backups for your backups, but I do have Backblaze for that. So, anyway, that's where I am. But, yeah, they have a, they have a cloud backup service. But, yeah, it's... it's. Oh, you know what else is cool? Okay, What's last that? thing. And this is... I feel like I'm a sales guy. They have a pretty neat little wizard on their webpage that I'll try to find um, where you can go in and it will basically help you pick which one you should get based on your needs. And it's really neat. Like it walks you through like, like what are you going to mainly use this for? Is this for home? Is this for business? Is this for media? Is this, will you be streaming? That kind of stuff. And it'll walk you through like, oh, could you get away with just a little, this little uh, not very costly two um, bay one? Or should you get this six bay one? Or should you get this monstrous bay? You know, anyway. So yeah, it's, it's really cool. I'll, I'll try and find that. Very happy. Very happy with the Synology. Recommended on your high, high on your recommended list. I guess so. I think this is, let me put it this way. This is one of those things where I didn't know anything about this. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I was talking to our, our mutual friend, John Roderick. Uh, we're probably going to make some shirts for, oh God, I shouldn't say this. We're going to make some shirts um, probably again. And we were talking about whether we would uh, continue to use the same uh, company that we've used in the past. And, right. Which, you know. They can be a little bit of a handful to work with sometimes. But mm-hmm. what I said to John was, um, you know, the cool thing about that company is, like, all of my friends that I trust use that company. Mm-hmm. And all of my friends talk about how all the, all the other companies that offer a similar service, uh, they've been uh, so unhappy with that they continue using the company that they're using. And second, uh, me, uh, people, including me, like the product. They like mm-hmm. the shirts, the actual shirts that this company uses. I have a friend who buys as they say, blank versions of the shirt this company has, just because they like it a lot, um, and that's how that's kind of how I backed into the world of Synology. I know there's other options out there, but the people that I look to for advice and let's be honest for support in the future, we're all using Synology products, which to me I don't even need to ask. To me, that unless if they're not publicly bitching about it, that's a really good sign. Yeah, you know oh, I mean? definitely. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, obviously, then I did go further and in this case talk to like Marco and Syracuse and everybody about this and, and Casey. They're all big Synology users in different ways. But um, uh, yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how I arrived at that. I know there's Drobo out there. There's, there's several companies that do this. But uh, yeah, yeah. And that used to, to be honest, Dan, that used to be my pitch with a Mac back in the day. Yes, believe me. I'm sorry, youths. There was a time when it was not cool to have a Mac. It was weird and expensive to have a Mac, and only only dingling creative people with too much money had Macs. But my standing offer to any of my friends was, hey, look, you know, I know all you guys love your gateways and your Dells and all those. I can't help you with that. If you buy that, you're on your own. What I can say is that if you decide to get a Mac, and this was at a time when it was not, a, not always an easy sell, 
If you decide to get a Mac, I will do my best to help you pick one that would be appropriate for you. And I will help you set it up. And I will provide you in as much as I can. I will give you some light tech support if you run into mostly things you don't understand. Like I used to do it this way on Windows. How do I do that on a Mac? And I can probably satisfy for technical support with that. Right. You know, because that was the only way my friends would buy a Mac. But you got them to do it, and that's what counts, right? Yeah, got them in the family. They owe me. They owe me. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, So we have, I think, one (laughs) more thing you like, and we have your keyboard recommendation. Take them in any order you like. Ah, well, why don't we do the thing that I like right now? Do it. Bring it. All right. It's uh, it's Kensington. Kensington. What? Kensington is... Everyone's heard about Kensington. Most people, I think if you just, if you pulled someone off, off the street and said, mm. tell me what, what do you know about Kensington? What's the story mm. with Kensington? Yeah. They're going to say, oh, well, right. Kensington. Those are the guys that make the, uh, you know, those, those locks for your computer. And they do, they make a lot of stuff like that. The Kensington lock is probably like one of their most famous thing. But one of the other things that they make besides like a billion other really useful accessories is that they make these universal docking stations. So, the problem is nowadays, and my, my son, this is so great. I, he said this all on his own yesterday. We were sitting there playing Minecraft after dinner. And he said, he's sitting there looking over and he's, he looks at my laptop. I've got like eight dongles hanging off the side of it. He's like, I think you've spent more on dongles than you spent on the cost of your MacBook Pro. And I said, you are truly my son. And it was like a bonding moment wow. because it was so true. But- that's the thing is you've got all these ridiculous dongles. Kensington yeah. is here to make that go away. They want to give you more ports. They want to make your, 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 your machine, your portable device, whatever it is as, uh, as powerful as a desktop. And the way they have these universal docking stations, they're plug and play. They don't need drivers. You can get dual 4k display with HDMI. They've got display link video connectors, all of this stuff is there and it is so, so useful. You no longer have to have a billion dongles and things to plug in and extenders and th- all. And no, universal docking stations. And they have this thing called the Kensington Pro C program that lets you test drive a docking solution today. It's so cool. What? Kensington.com. It's spelled K-E-N-S-I-N-G-T-O-N. Kensington.com slash back to work. Go there. This is especially useful for, for businesses that are looking to find the right docking solutions for their like whole organization, they're, they're the ones that need to check out the Kensington Pro C program. Uh, but go check this out. Do yourself a favor and and and, and uh, don't carry on a thousand dongles. Just use one thing that just connects can I, can and applaud, just works. Can I applaud their courage? Do you mind? Sure. Do you mind? Okay, I'd like to do, thank you. I'd like to applaud their courage. I mean, my goodness, it really it would it would take some guts. <laughs> To be developing hardware for Apple hardware at this point. I know. You know what I mean? I know. Like, good for them. And they're helping their users with this stuff and solving a problem. I just want to say, courage. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- th- our thanks to uh, Kensington for supporting uh, uh, 5x5 and back to work. There you go. Tell me about your keyboard. Oh, yeah. So I have in, in the studio here, I've got a number of different computers, three, in fact, that I like to control. Uh, and, and so for a long time, I'd... You know, I'd had three keyboards. They were wireless keyboards. And I, I knew there a lot back in the old days, I used to have the keyboard. I think it's the one that you still have that is the Logitech um, switching keyboard. And then you, you talked about the cool one that you got that is a 
uh, solar powered version of that one. Well, those are about, they sell, you can still get them, but they're like a hundred bucks now. Really? And I'm, I'm hard pressed to spend a hundred bucks on a keyboard. So I started doing some research and I talked to a few people and I went to the big box stores and I tried out the keyboard that I tried out. It's called the Logitech K380. Uh, okay. And I have it linked here. It's a Logitech K380 multi-device Bluetooth keyboard, Windows, Mac, Chrome OS, Android, iPhone, iPad, Apple Whoa. TV compatible with flow cross computer control and easy switch up to three devices, dark gray. Well, and is right. it is $29.99. Whoa. And first of all, the first thing you notice when you look at it is it looks a little small. It's the same size as an Apple aluminum keyboard, so it's not small. Hmm. The second thing you notice is uh, that it has round keys, Mm -hmm. and you'd be right to be suspect of this. This is the kind of thing that uh, is insulting to people (laughs) and and, uh, triggers a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, But I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to try this. Okay. It's All only right. $30 and Amazon lets me return things, so I'll get it. And it actually is really, really great. The hmm. The keys feel really good. It is the opposite of a clicky keyboard. It's very quiet. Okay. And um, and it the keys are just very, very easy to type on. I won't even say, oh, it takes some getting used to. It doesn't. It didn't. I didn't take any getting used to. Uh, it, it was an in, instantaneous adjustment to using this thing and it's it's hmm. been great and you can very very easily map uh you connect rather map is not the right word connect it to different uh computers or devices ipads whatever very very easy to do that all you need to do is hold down the one of these you see how the keys are sort of yellow the top yeah. three keys you just hold that down it starts flashing and that means it's ready to be paired to a usb device and the usb device is your computer or your ipad or whatever it is so now to switch between those different devices you just tap the one key or the the two key or the three key and then it instantly connects so right Ooh. here in front of me i've got the the mac mini that i use to record the show that's on uh, key number one I've got a Windows PC in here that I use for a variety of different things. That's on number two. And number three, I have connected to the iPad Pro. So if I want to type notes and things like that uh, for, you know, post notes or my notes about the show mm-hmm. or titles when we capture them or whatever, or see my links or add links, I can do that all right there and uh, and switch easily and instantly between them. And uh, it does take a battery. It's not a rechargeable device, thankfully. It takes two batteries and they seem to, like it What kind it of has, batteries? Uh, they are just double A batteries. Oh, okay, and, um, huh. but it doesn't add too much. I see. Okay. It says keyboard battery life uh, virtually eliminates the need to change batteries. It says that it it, it will. Um, how many years does it last? Ooh, A long what? time. Really long time. Wow. Let, let me look at this battery. Hold on. Let me see what it actually says for it. battery life. It says um, twenty four months. Two wow. years on one set of batteries. Wow, wow, wow. I have I haven't had it for two years. I've had it for right, a month. Right, right. That's wild. That <laughs> but, seems like uh, a long time. I, I feel like my Apple One needed changing more often. And it also has a little on off switch. Such good stuff. They make such cool stuff. And it's it's. You hear that? That's it. Yeah, it's, I do. It's not heavy, but it's not light. Some keyboards you feel like you can with your pinky just flip them around. This one has got a good weight on it and um and and you'll notice in this picture also if if you're if you're following along at home that that it has on the bottom left it's got control function uh opt 
and command, and the opt-in command also double as start and alt if you're on a Windows machine. So this is designed oh, wow. to be Windows and Mac compatible, uh, and, it, and it is, and it just works, and you don't need any extra software or anything else to install. And, uh, and so I'm very, very, very happy with it. And next week, I will tell you about my new Logitech mouse, but that's another show. Oh, I'm all in on Logitech. I'm an MX Master 2S man. Yeah, I love fan. those. This is not what this is, but I, lo- I, I love those. I, you know what I did? I, I bought a modern uh, Magic touchpad, whatever it's called. Oh, yeah? I don't know, man. For the desktop, I just, I, I, can't, I, I can't give up the scroll wheel. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's really weird. Because I've also been... Really, this is also really cool. Logitech K400 Plus wireless touch TV keyboard. It's kind of cool. It's sort of like, it's like it comes with a touchpad built into the keyboard. I'll put yeah. it in the notes. Yeah. This looks really interesting. I'm sorry, what were you going to say? I was saying how I like the scroll wheel. Uh, yeah, no, I was going to say I've been tempted with the same thing. Years and years ago, I had a one of those, um, one of those, uh, what you call it, um, t- trackpads, touchpads, uh-huh. whatever I'm supposed to call it in 2019. And, uh, and it was, uh, it was great. And so I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that it, it is it that the touchpad isn't great or you just, you're, you are used to and prefer, uh, the, uh, the, the that's, a, that's actually, that's an interesting question I hadn't thought about. And I think I know exactly the answer. Uh, it's the same reason that I'll take a TiVo remote over an Apple TV remote. Any uh, day. Right. Um, the, um, and this is a very, very common topic on reconcilable differences, but, um, there's, yeah, there's something really, uh, I really like being able to do this. Here. Can you hear that? Yeah. Did you just dial a, dial a rotary phone? Yeah. No, but I love that there's really good extensive settings for how the scroll wheel works. I see. And, uh, and I have a real, um, I don't know, a very personal relationship with the mouse where I, I get the mouse and the mouse gets me <laughs> and I, I know how to get around and I use a surprising amount of the stuff on this mouse that no normal person uses. Oh yeah. Yes. I use left button. Yes. I use right button. Yes. I use scroll wheel and scroll wheel button. Uh, I use the button behind the scroll wheel. I have that mapped to a page on the internet that I look at a lot. And it takes me right to that page. I use the left and right scroll on the thumb and I use the left and right page forward and back a lot. The page, uh, the page forward is a little bit tricky because it tips the mouse over a little bit, but no, I use the crap out of this thing. I have two at the office. So I like if I run out in the middle of a podcast, I'll still mm-hmm. be okay. But um, yeah, I really super like it. No, okay, as against, as against. I, I Part of it is that like I have, I have had my old silver um, touchpad around for if and when the, um, the uh, Logitech runs out of juice, right? If I'm in the middle of a show, I can just grab that and turn it on and start doing the thing. And I don't know. I mean, it, it used to feel back in the day when I used to use God. What's that app? Brett Terpster got me turned on to the whatever that that the super. It's not. It's not keyboard maestro. It's key touch. It's three words. Doesn't matter. I was very into the different things you could do with the touchpad, but I eventually got it to where like the thing just it just it felt like a Rube Goldberg device, and I shut <laughs> all of that off. And increasingly, I was hitting. It was the Apple remote problem. I kept finding myself hitting in the what it thought was the wrong area. Okay, so here's the thing. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I am hitting the wrong thing when I try to rewind on my Apple TV. 
That's entirely possible. Yeah. Maybe I am hitting the wrong place. But you know what? I want a device where I don't have to learn where it wants to be hit. Mm. I want to have a mouse like this where I understand exactly what each button does and I can exactly make the mouse move how I want it to move, where I go where I want it to go. Uh, right alongside the keyboard It is the reason that I love a desktop computer. This very, very... Very loud keyboard that I like to use when I'm mm-hmm. not using this very quiet keyboard alongside this mouse makes me feel like a very powerful little man. <sighs> we have a lot of people today. I think so. Okay, let's button this up. Okay. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. <laughs>